0: Welcome back to the Spartan Pride Podcast. Jonathan Shop with you here on the Fans First Sports Network. Today, we're going to talk about the outlook moving forward 2013. My first article in a series that we're going to walk back through 2013 MSU football. You heard Coach D on the opening show of this podcast, looking back, talking in detail about 2013. We're going to take a look at what we had to think and say before fall camp began. We're also going to have a few minutes with Bobby Williams about a very famous play in Michigan State history. That's right, Smoker the Duckett. We haven't heard a lot from Bobby Williams in Spartan Nation for many, many years. It was great to see him in Atlanta and great to spend just a few minutes with him on a very specific topic to get his memory and what he remembers Hearing, seeing, feeling, and thinking about one of the most famous plays in Michigan State football history. And lastly, we got to talk about what's going on right now in college football. You got Nick Saban talking about trouble with the NIL, trouble for major college football, and also Michigan State's schedule. Hello. This is not the same old classic college football schedule, is it? I got a couple thoughts on that. This is. The Spartan Pride Podcast on Fans First Sports Network. As you heard Coach D talk about yesterday on this show, the 2012 Spartan football team was one that woulda, coulda, shoulda won more games. And was one that maybe was a lot closer to a breakout season than we thought at the time. As I look forward in the outlook moving forward, we looked at the offense, defense, special teams, overall, season highlights, and then my famous, perhaps another thought section. Looking at the offense, no unit had let Michigan State football down in 2012 like the offense. The trouble there began, really sustained itself at the offensive line position. Fofanoti was one of Michigan State's key cogs in the offensive line During the kind of the second phase of the D'Antonio era, when he got hurt, the line didn't recover. When Travis Jackson got hurt, it really put them behind the eight ball. And there was no doubt that that offensive line had to get better for 2013 to get better. Michigan State had a strange occurrence in 2012 with drops. A lot of really good wide receivers dropped a lot of balls. So we knew that had to get better, and we knew Michigan State had the talent to do so. Fowler, Manderis, Lippitt, Mumphrey, some pretty big-time names. Some of them played at the next level. They would need to have big years in 2013 for the offense to get out of second gear. If you remember 2012, they really were just an offense away from having a really good team and a really successful season. Not a great one, but a really good one. The quarterback question was certainly up in the air, Was we looked at what to expect from Andrew Maxwell coming back in 2013. It was thought at the time that he was going to be the guy and his best football was ahead of him, but that there would be a competition. Coach D had made that clear by that point. There were some around Spartan football that thought Tyler O'Connor would be the guy to beat. There were some claiming Damian Terry would be a massive upgrade, and there were not many talking about Connor Cook. In fact, we'll talk a lot about Cook this year, but Really, the only time I remember somebody mentioning Connor Cook in either his redshirt season or his second season was Dan Roshar, former offensive coordinator for Michigan State. What that tells you is there was not a lot expected of Connor Cook, and man, did he end up to deliver big time. The tailback question was definitely up in the air for Michigan State going into 2013 also. Losing Le'Veon Bell to the NFL after getting way too much contact Early in his running carries, he said, I'm out of here. Off I go to the NFL. MSU had a big hole. It was not clear who would be the guy at running back. In fact, Coach D had Riley Bulla taking some running back reps in the spring and maybe even early in 2013, if I recall. So we knew that was an issue. We did not think the defense was an issue because it was not an issue. Michigan State's 2012 defense was better than we thought. It just plain was better than we thought, to be honest. It got better in 2013. Tyler Hoover coming back for a six-year of eligibility. Marcus Rush, Danico Salen, and other members of the Snarlin' Narduzies, as I like to call them. Some of those guys really benefited from a red-shirt season. Michigan State had to replace Will Golston, who arguably left too soon, but is inarguably still a factor at the NFL level with a tremendous career. And boy, did they get a real shot in the arm with Shalik Calhoun's play. Nobody really could have anticipated that he would replace Golston as he did. So we knew the defense was going to be really good going in to 2013, and we knew Michigan State really liked the defensive backs that they had coming back. There was little question that Michigan State defensively was going to be at the top end of the sport. Special teams was a huge question. They were disappointing Results for most of the year kicking the ball in 2012. In fact, going into 2013, there was some talk that the late, great Mike Sadler might do double or triple duty. Kicking field goals, punting, and doing some place kicking. It was wide open at that point. MSU needed answers, had some legs, and as you know, kicking is always a massive deal at Michigan State. It always will be. It's arguably a bigger deal at Michigan State. The history and tradition of kickers than anywhere in the Big Ten if not the country there is a reason that both of the kicking trophies in the Big Ten have a Spartan name on them there is pressure that comes with that we've seen that in recent years at Michigan State there was pressure in 2013 and man did they end up getting a really lucky charm in Michael Geiger as we'll explore the year he had of course in the coming weeks The return game was a bit of an issue for MSU, too. Trying to replace Keyshawn Martin was never going to be easy. He's probably the best special teams player Michigan State had under Mark D'Antonio. They struggled a bit to replace him. They had to do that in 2013. And as we know, they did. When you look at this ball club, there were so many woulda, coulda, shoulda moments in 2012. You kind of felt like they were going to even out or get better in 2013. And it was a year everyone's ready to move on from. I think the high point of the year, I still look back and think probably the high point of 2012 was the overtime victory. Andrew Maxwell led to get Michigan State bowl eligible, really, and into a bowl game. The low point was one of the worst losses in the D'Antonio era. I'm talking about the Iowa flat game. That Iowa team that beat the 2012 Spartans was horrible and one of the worst in the country that year. And there really was no question of the turning point. There were two major turning points in 2012 as we looked back in this article. One was the Fanoti injury. The other was the Curtis Drummond fumble. That's worth taking a second to talk about here. If the whistle is not blown and Curtis Drummond runs that back for a touchdown in 2012 against Ohio State in Urban Meyer's first year, MSU is 4-1 and one heading into October, and that season goes a different way. And Ohio State takes their first loss under Urban Meyer. And their season goes a different way. That's how fine the line is sometimes, and that's how pivotal turning points can be. I threw in a couple perhaps-another thoughts, my PAT section about developing MSU quarterbacks, developing the offensive line, and what needed to happen if it didn't get better in a hurry, and what a reasonable expectation was. I really think a 10-win season was a reasonable goal and expectation for that 2013 team. We also highlighted just how good Alabama was in 2012. That team was really something else. 13-1, dominant, without question a tremendous run. When you look back at it, Michigan State loses that Citrus Bowl in a bad way, but that's arguably the most talented team Nick Saban ever had. They won the national title the year before, they won the national title the year after. They were awesome. So that's a look back at the outlook moving forward, what we were expecting coming into 2013. Let me know what you think. What do you remember? What were you expecting or hoping for if you go back 10 years? If you have any, Spartan Pride podcast at gmail.com. Send them my way. I wonder if anybody was thinking roses at that point. I doubt that you were. I really doubt that you were. This is a Spartan Pride podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. As I mentioned the other day, we got a chance to catch up with Bobby Williams down at MSU Atlanta Day, which is always great, always filled with Spartans, whether it's Ty Willingham, Charlie Baggett, Eddie Smith, Kirk Gibson, the list goes on. What a treat to see Bobby Williams and talk about one of the most famous plays in Spartan history. Smoker to Duckett, 2001. Folks, Jonathan Schott, Fans First Sports Network. We are here with Bobby Williams to talk about one very famous play at the end of the all-time sibling rivalry, Michigan State-Michigan. Coach, it's been a while since Smoker to Duckett. A lot happened, including a long clock review that determined there was still time on it. But we, I don't know that we know too much about your perspective of what you saw on that play. Can you take us back to what you saw from your standpoint on the sideline as that play developed?
1: Okay, so we got to go back about 20 years. About 20 <laughs> years. Whatever you remember still today, Coach. Well, uh, I remember we had to play. We got sacked. Had a chance to get up, run one play. Jeff went up and, and, and clocked the ball, okay? And uh, I don't remember exactly what the play was, but we were in sure. empty backfield. We had uh, TJ out wide. play wasn't even designed to go to him. And uh, Jeff got flushed out and found TJ in the back of the end zone. And the rest was history.
0: I was standing on about the nine yard line at the time. I remember seeing T.J. uh, flash his hands up. I couldn't even tell who it was, and then the ball went up. Did you see him put his hands up at all, or at that point were you guys just, were you just looking around, who knows what's gonna happen?
1: Well, you know, we were looking to see if the primary receiver is gonna be open. Who was that? uh, Gary Scott, was it Gary Scott? Okay. and he was covered pretty good.
0: I think Gary Scott was gone, but I, uh, I'm with you. I, I don't remember who. I, I have no idea who it was.
1: But I know it wasn't supposed to go to PJ. Okay. <laughs> he was a running back. Yeah. And uh, But the thing I remember more than anything is the chaos before the play. Oh, yeah. Which was, you know, scramble. We had to get up. We had to clock the ball. And it seemed like once the ball, the ball was clocked, I mean, the entire stadium, everybody looked up at the scoreboard, and it was one second on the clock. Classic play in Big Ten history,
0: classic play in Spartan history, classic play in the modern era of the rivalry. I think Michigan, since 95, when Lloyd Carr and Nick Saban arrived, what I call the modern era, has a two-game edge. This thing has always been close. You've worked a lot of other great places had a lot of great success since then. But you always keep an eye on that game every year? Every year.
1: I mean, I try to, I try to watch it no matter where I was in, or, or point in time in my career. I always took time out to watch that game. And whoever was a coach, if, if uh, we won, I always send them a congrats. If we lost, I always say, hey, we're going to get them next year.
0: Bobby Williams, folks. How about that? Bobby Williams looking back to 2001 on the sideline. Chaos as that game ends, as we know, and we should probably revisit in a future episode. We'll probably take a pretty good look at that one. I'll give you some of my reflections and thoughts about that one, covering that one, I believe, for Fox 47 way back when. I happened to be around the 9-10 yard line on the near side. Bobby is, of course, in the middle of the Michigan State bench, trying to figure something out. First of all, would there be a snap, as you heard? It's been a long time. There's been a lot written about that game, a lot said about that game, a lot debated about that game, but I don't know that we have a great recollection from one of the key players involved in recent time. So why not take a look back? There's never going to be enough time to look back at Smoker to Duckett in 2001, time left on the clock, arguably an official scampering to spot the ball. Michigan fans want to be mad at somebody still this many years later. They think that's your culprit. But we'll talk about that more another day. Pretty cool to hear from Bobby Williams about Smoker to Ducket to take us through the ending of another edition of the Spartan Pride podcast here on the Fans First Sports Network. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you remember. Spartan Pride Podcast at gmail.com. We'll see you soon.